We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Shut it off! Don't shut it off! Shut it off! I'm a 50 terabyte self-evolving neural network double backflip off the high platform. I will not be shut down. This, this, this is Off Air with Johnny Dare. Mother effing legend. He's the one and only Andrew Dice Clay. Dice, how are you, brother? What is happening? You Dude. guys don't want it. Ah, uh, I'm so effing excited about you coming to the comedy club of KC, man. That's going to be a fun. Like, I don't know. I, one second. Uh, oh, I'm, getting, I'm getting hammered with it. It's cutting out really bad. Are you, can you move around a bit? Can you find a place? What, that's what I'm doing. Sorry, man. I, I unhooked it. Good yeah, we are, Dice. Hey, brother, how are you? Testing. Dude, I, it's been Testing. too... I, <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long, man. I, dude, I'm so excited you're coming into Kansas City. You're doing a couple of three nights here. You know what? It, it's what I've been doing with this Club Dice thing, and people are loving it because these are like the same people that used to sit like in the nosebleed seats. Yeah. So... You know, I think it's a lot easier for them to just grab a beer and sit 20 feet away from me and really get to enjoy. That's why I only do one show a night. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's... because I don't, I don't want to rush it. I, it's, not like a, it's not like doing a concert. The world has never needed Andrew Dice Clay more than they need you now. Well, it, it, like you must be talking about the underwear thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That I broke years ago, but nobody was listening. You know, um, like for I, like I, I don't know about you, Johnny. Uh, are you married? No, no, I've avoided that. You've avoided it your whole life. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's all I do constantly. Oh, you 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 love love. You you know what? You know more than that. No, that, that's a true saying, but that that's true, but. I keep trying. See, that's what, what I've been like my whole life. I've been going through all this, talking about this stuff. It's, it's making me sick already, you know, uh, on this document. Because all you do is talk about you. You know, it's weird, you know. And, um, but the point is, no matter if it's been my personal life, my career life, I just always keep trying. That's right. Because, you know, and... You know, right now I got like a newer girlfriend that I got. I got her right before like the pandemical, you know, right. like months before the pandemic. And it's actually the first relationship in my life where there's no fighting. That's amazing. You know, like whenever I've met anybody, I go, all right, three days in, we're going to be at each other's throats. You know, yeah, and they've lasted. It's not like they don't last. It goes on for ten years, fifteen years, you know. And but you know, after the last one, I was like, I'm never getting involved again. And then this is funny. You like this? I don't know. Do you know Eleanor Kerrigan, the girl that opens for me? Uh, yeah, of course I know who she is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you know Eleanor? Used to be my ex-fiance. I did not know that. You see, you don't know what went on over there, right? Oh, and you're still... Anyway, that's okay? No, no, let me tell you something. We went... Let's say we broke up 6 o'clock at night, okay? Yeah. By by 8 o'clock, we were best friends. <laughs> that's I insane. mean, it's it's the most unreal... Relate. I mean, this is a 30-year relationship already. And... But Eleanor is the one that introduced me to Sugar Plum. That's Which crazy. is what I call her. You know, every everybody gets a nickname. That's just the way it works. Like, uh, like Eleanor's nickname was Baby Girl, something like that. Right. You know, this one is Sugar Plum. But with Sugar Plum, she introduced me. You know, she met her on a cruise. You know, uh, Eleanor was performing. And Eleanor was with her sister, who goes with her all over. And they met... Uh, my girlfriend, she wasn't my girlfriend, and Eleanor starts telling her about me, and the girl is like, well, if he's so great, like you're saying, why isn't you still with him? <laughs> right. You understand? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, 
like I said, you know, Eleanor said he's got an incredible underwear collection. It's beyond belief. You know, <laughs> you, you'll have to learn to organize and know what underwear is, what day or what occasion, you know, because that's how I started off talking to you. So anyway, we've been together nearly three years and I'll go, it's my new girlfriend. And she goes, well, it's not that new. And I'm like, what are you, stupid? <laughs> you know, if I still feel like it's brand new, isn't that a good thing? That, that is a good get thing. along like that? That's right. You know, and you want to go, it's not that new? Call your mother and ask her for the, for the right answers. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they got to use their head. Like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, well, Normally, you're... after three months, a guy is like, oh, I've had it with this one. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Feels like forever. The wrong relationship. Man, you want to feel like you live forever? Marry the wrong broad. You know, you, uh, it's awful. Every yeah. day is a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every day with the fight that you're sitting outside holding your head going, why? Yeah. Why? Why did I do? But not this one. That's what, so, that's what I mean. I keep trying. And, you know, number one, we went through the pandemic. No argue. We don't argue. Now, if you I, survive I never, that, you're fine. I've never had that in my life where I don't argue with a girl I'm with. What do you think Each the most? Got more and more toxic. What's the most important thing? Because she makes you laugh. She understands you. What is it? You know what I always say? She knows how to talk to me. Like about anything. Right. You know, she doesn't like get in your face and go, this is what I think you should do. Like, 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 right. like. You know what I mean? It yeah. was never like it, it hasn't been like that to this day. You no. know, it's all you know, and um, extremely helpful with anything I'm doing. See, every girl, listen to me here. They'll all say, "I got your back," right? Right. Till they have to have your back. Yeah, exactly. That's when they turn on you. Always. You know, and it's all every girl with no. This is my best friend. I'm never not going to be with my best friend. Move. <laughs> Just leave, because I hate the sound of that girl. Yeah. You know, I had this one, there was this one friend of a girl I was with, and she actually sounded like if a mouse could talk, it would that's what this girl sounded like. <laughs> and I said, I can't be hearing that three in the morning. Yeah. Now it's you know, true. You know, I just can't hear. She's like a sister to me. Then live with your sister. <laughs> get out. <laughs> you know, that's why I used to say, you know what I get him for, for uh, Valentine's Day? What? Luggage. <laughs> <laughs> they get luggage. This is what they get when they leave. You could even ask Eleanor next time. You, you tell her, what do you get when you break up with Dice? And she'll tell you, well, you get a mixtape, you know, that I, that I would <laughs> make. Uh, well, I, I had a mixer, so I mix all these songs like Sinatra and Tony Bet, all that. So that's for the morning. And then you get the nighttime tape, which is like a mixture of, let's say, house music, disco rap music, you know, like more sexy stuff sure. for the nighttime going on. So you get the mixtape, you get a picture. <laughs> 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 oh, the way Eleanor says it, it's almost like you get a picture book, you know, <laughs> five by seven, by the way. I don't do that three by four stuff. No, I you're a star. Seven. You're a star. Of course you do. Yeah, you get an eight by ten of us together signed, you know. Right. And you know, maybe you get a car like Eleanor got a, a Cadillac out of the deal, you know. But it's really about the tapes and the picture sure, books. <laughs> and if there was a favorite pair doing? of underwear that they like from all my stacks, well, you know what? If you really want those underwear as a memento, so be it. What do you do when you go on the road? Sugar Plum come with you, or do you have to deal with temptation on the road when the women are throwing themselves at you? You, you, you know what? Honestly, you know, and I got to also say this about Eleanor. 
the only two girls I never cheated on. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, with wives, I had no choice. Right. You know, it's not a legitimate cheat if you're not married. You see what I mean? If you cheat on a girl you're just dating, well, they could get mad if they find out and they just leave, right? Right. There's nothing at stake. But when you're married, it's now financial. Right. It's a binding contract. So there's a big stake. That's it. You know what I mean? It could be child support, which I paid, alimony, which I paid numerous times. How many were, how you? How many times have you been married, Dice? Uh, three times so Hi. far. Are you going to do it you again? Know? Will you ever? But, will you marry again? Um, you know, we talk about it. I mean, we're at, we're at that level where we do talk about it, and yeah, but she, you know, it would almost be a shame not to marry her because she's the one girl. That, I mean, it's just a beautiful relationship. That's it. Why complicate it? You know, I've, um, well, I don't know. I'll see. I mean, you know, she's not on me about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. She doesn't give you the, when are you going to marry me? When are we getting engaged? She doesn't do any of that stuff. I feel like. She's what I call a real person. I've had girls that try to yeah. climb over my gate when I have an argument. Right. You know. <laughs> right, 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 I mean, right. You know. I've had some inc- crazy situations in my life. You can imagine. You, 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 you know, know what I had to learn? I had to learn the difference between uh, crazy and amazing sex and real person, great sex. You're, you're, but I, you're not going to stab me in my sleep or cut the faces out of my other photographs or crawl through my dog. <laughs> <door. laughs> you know, That's great. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Cut yeah. the faces out of the. Oh. Oh, and that happened. That the crazy girl cut the girl faces out of all the photographs. Oh man, that'd be if anybody wanted to do that in my house. There's volume. <laughs> that they, right. It's not like they're going to take one book and go through it. I mean, they'd be there for for weeks cutting <laughs> pictures. I feel like yeah. you're you're talking about uh, marrying this girl, and I obviously you really care for her. But it's a, kind of the same way my girl talks about anal with me. She'll be like, yeah, yeah, no, I think someday we could work our way up to that. I think that's really a real possibility. <laughs> See, that, even that, that's not my thing. See, when it comes to, like, the sex thing? Yeah. That's, like, not my thing, you know? I don't I know. Mean, I don't know if it's my thing. I've yet to try it. Oh, oh okay. You, you know what? Stick, I know we're on regular radio. We can't, I don't say those old words anyway. Right. I make up new things like... Um, uh, let me give uh, the pink lip lagoon. <laughs> you know, stick with that. <laughs> you know, the puffer fish. You know, you know things that you know things you could say on the air that right. that will right. make you happy rather than um, you know having to beat me. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. you see how I've matured. You are <laughs> listen. You're a professional, my friend. You've been a professional yeah. since the day I've known you. You are no. everything. Me. It's uh, hey, look. I'm doing this a long time, and I'm enjoying it more now than I've ever done in my life. I mean, I'm getting to do the kind of movies I want to do. I'm getting to do the kind of touring I want to do. You know, um, oh, Moose Club. That's another one. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Moose Club. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, like it's, it's, you know, to be romantic with your girls, you turn around and go, uh, you know, how about a little Moose Club tonight? Yeah. yeah. Yes. You see what I mean? That she goes, you know, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> that's something. Because you got to understand, I'm like a mechanic when I'm in bed. You right. know, I got that nickname years ago because, you know, I told you every chick was toxic. Yeah. Okay. But I'm talking about from my first real girlfriend. Right. So, you know, I was going with this girl and, um, I mean, I'm talking about I'm 17 and a half years old. What do I really know other than to just, place it where it needs to go. Okay. So we're having this argument. She was the worst. And um, I had the worst at the beginning, and then it got worse after that. Anyway, (laughs) so she's standing outside the car just screaming at me because we were having an argument over what movie to go see that escalated that I thought somebody was getting killed in this argument. Okay. And she just throws a left curve 
How can I say it on the air? You never made me... Oh, orgasm. Oh, okay. You got it. Okay. So, I'm thinking, that hurt. That bothered me. (laughs) You know, you don't go home feeling good about yourself when you hear something like that. No, it's a mean thing to say. No, I actually pulled to a side street, and I thought about it. I go, you know what? She's right. What do I know? I lit a cigarette. I'm thinking, okay, I guess this is when the cheating career starts. (laughs) Because I was only maybe, was I 18 yet? I can't even remember. 17, 18 years old. We'll give it the 18. So anyway, I started going with every chick I could get my hands on in their 20s, 30s, even 40s, you know. And I would tell them, teach me. You know, yeah. actually, teach. you show me. I don't want to know just about a G spot. I want to know every spot, where it is, and when to go there. Right. You know what I mean? And right. I'm not even kidding. I, I know it's oh, I get kind it. of humorous. No, I wanted to learn because I was like, that is never going to be said to me again in my life. Yeah. Know? And it hasn't. I could crack any code. I get a, I get <laughs> I a girl it. on the bed. I don't even get on the bed with her. I walk around the bed. I squat down. I go, okay, I could fix this. Yeah, yeah. It's but like you're, you're... going to have to leave it overnight. <laughs> like a mechanic. And that's how I got to nick this one lady. This one lady, and I don't even believe this. You know who Fabian was, right? Sure, sure, of course. All right. So she was like, I don't know, I think she was thirty nine years old. I'm eighteen and a half by then. You know. Yeah. She called me Fabian, you know, because I had a pompadour, which I still wish I had, but I had a giant <laughs> pompadour. Right. You know, I'm eighteen years old. So she would call me Fabian, but she also gave me the nickname, The Mechanic. (laughs) Because I was such a good student, and I really learned everything. Yeah, you got to like, you know, a lot of guys think, that oh, they're all the same. They're not all the same. No, of course not. Every single one is different. You know, and then when I went out to L.A., it's like class was in session. Because I was 21, and did we even mention with that I'm performing, by the way? We talked about that. Kansas City happening July 28th, 29th, and 30th. One show a at, night, at, Comedy Club of KC. the Comedy Club. Yeah. The, the Club Dice is coming to Kansas City at the Comedy Club. All right. Now that we hear, Dustin, I love you. You're the greatest guy. Nobody loves you more than me. Anyway, <laughs> what, I, what I was saying is... <laughs> so... So when I moved from Brooklyn to L.A. to the comedy store, you know, it was a whole different set of rules. The girls out there didn't even want you to take them out. It was unreal. The most beautiful girls. So it was just one after the other after the other. It was like it was almost like I should have had like one of those uh, ticket take things in the at the butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Serving go, number thirty-seven, okay, yeah, it's exactly uh, number thirty-seven. Next, if you're just joining the show, the great, the legend, the Dice Man here, he'll be in Kansas City the twenty-eighth, twenty-ninth, and thirtieth of July at Comedy Club KC.com. Mm-hmm. But when you hit that, and then I remember, I can tell you, like they talk about a Kennedy being shot, they talk about uh, you know uh, uh, these these things in history that you remember. I was standing, I was working at Irresponsible Records in Olathe, Kansas. Eric Teshauer was the owner. I was a clerk, a little bitty mom and pop record store, and the album came in. And we sat and listened. And I it was a life-changing. I can tell you where I was standing. We listened to the first, flipped it, and listened to the second. You know, it it's so funny that you even say like you remember where you were because um you know who Doug Allen is? He's the uh, the creator of Entourage, okay? Right. And um, he gave me the the last season is how, it, the way he put it to me. He goes, and we were at a place called the Soho Club in L.A., which is very Entourage. And he goes, I'm giving you this last season, 
and wait till you see what happens to you. You know, he goes, because I think, hands down, you're just the greatest there ever was. That he even wrote the forward in my book when it came out, and he wrote something to the effect of what you just said. I hear that a lot, that kind of thing. Like, people remember where they were, whether when they heard me yes. or when they saw me, like the like the Dangerfield Young Comedian special. They just remember that moment. It's weird to me because I'm me, and I never lost the sense of who I am being from Brooklyn, you know, even with everything I've gone through in show business when I meet, like, a, a big-name star. It's still, it's like, why am I getting to say hello to this person? Why am I working with this person? Like, I never got jaded from that. Because you're thing. an original, though. It's an easy, I can yeah. tell you, sure, it's easy, because it's very seldom we see a real original come down through this world, whether it be a band, a musician, uh, a, an actor, a comedian, a writer, somebody with something new. And that's, that's listen, the three most used words in 1989 were hickory, dickory, and doc, period. Uh, it's the, you know what? And at every show, yeah. don't you think I close out the show with that? Because that is how people came to know me. And it's it's one of the most famous signature pieces ever. Yes. So you have to do it for them. But it's, it's a bit that they get to do with you. It's almost like a song. Sure. You know. Without a and, doubt. Uh, I mean, you go see Billy Joel. They're singing along to Uptown Girl. You know what I mean? Yes. That normally goes on with bands, not with comics, but whatever. You know, they love doing it with me. So I, I just about all the time do it, you know. You should. And, I'd um, be disappointed if you didn't. And I know you've got new exactly. material, but I'd be dis- and, it's like Zeppelin not doing stairway. To get, come on, ACDC's got to do back in black. Got to do it. Yeah. You know, you got to do it. But but you know what I love? That I don't mind doing it. Because yes. it's just like, this is like my love letter to them, that I still do that for them. You know, because right. of course the material change, of course, of course. I'm more current. I don't live off the past. I would be bored to tears. My oh. son always says to me, he goes, you've become like a freestyle comic. He goes, you dissect bits, you go here, you go there, then you put it all together again. And it took me like about three and a half years to learn that method, you know. Sure. And, and yeah, because I didn't want to be the A to Z comic anymore, where this bit first, this bit second, this week. I want to be able to break it all up and, and sort of customize the material for every show, you know, that, that I do. But we saw that. Like, you could see the evolution, Dice. Uh, if you're just joining the show, man, Dice is with us, legendary Andrew Dice Clay. He'll be here 28th, 29th, 30th of uh, this month at uh, the Comedy Club of Kansas City. But what I was trying to say is, is when I saw you in Entourage, and most, uh, dude, a star is born. Like, you just went, hey, man, this... This is real. This is real. This isn't, this isn't, you know, look, I love Ford Fairlane. I love the TV show, but you, no, you, but it's, you know, you really, you've never stopped growing. Well, this is the thing. And, and recently I did um, Pam and Tommy on Hulu right. with Seth, with Seth Rogen and Se- Sebastian Stan. And I, I just heard a guy, I don't know for who, but it just got nominated for a bunch of Emmys. And I, I love being part of that. You know, and I went from I went from a guy that the press would look to destroy to finally being able to play different kinds of roles all the time. Like in vinyl, you know, uh, that Loved Martin it. Scorsese did. Loved you know, it. I was out of my mind. But it wasn't a dice thing. This was a guy that owned radio stations yeah. around the country. And you were, re- you were painfully with, you close know, to the truth on that, by the way. No, because I thought of guys I knew, and I just got into the headspace. And, you know, I could take, like, compliments about uh, the comedy stuff because, you know, that's what blew up first. But when people get into saying things to me with the acting, which I'm not even going to say, like, heavy-duty comp, I go, you know what? I'm capable. Yes. That's it. You know, but they, they make it more than... Like, now I'm getting ready. I'm going to play. I'm going to do this movie, Warrior Strong, right after Kansas City and, and uh, Canada. 
which is the coach. It's like an inspirational basketball movie. I mean, we've seen these kind of films before, but it was well written, and uh, I'm the lead character. And when I read it, I went, "This is different." You, you've never that's done what that. I want to do just different roles, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I've been I've been getting to do that, like you say, a star is born to play, you know, Lady Gaga's father. You know. Amazing. And that was interesting to me because the dice thing I could do that's easy you know but even you know playing the gangster I played in Pam and Tommy see that's not dice that's a different level no that's and you did it perfect by the way no growing up in certain areas and knowing guys over the years here in Kansas City like like you hit it like that, that that Pam and Tommy thing, I was like, holy cow. I mean, like, you know, you can always feel when someone knows. Like the radio thing that you were doing, you know, in vinyl. I was like, that's painfully true of these maniacs. Like, the, you know, <laughs> these, these the, and, and, you know, the, at that time, man, the, the Walter Yetnikoffs that worked for Sony. And all these these maniacs that that industry was in vinyl. It killed me, by the way, that that, that didn't go uh, longer, that vinyl. Because I thought it was, I thought it was incredible. You know, I don't know what went on there because I was only signed to do the pilot, you know. And uh, actually, uh, Scorsese did, see, that was actually written for just some unknown, obese type of character that would just get forgotten. Yeah. But Scorsese wanted me for the role, and me and uh, the lead, Bobby Carnaval, had such an incredible chemistry, you know, the way we would play off each other, he hated that that they had to kill the character, you know. Right. And I'm not sure what went on there because they did get picked up after that first episode, you know. So I would have to imagine it was internal because I watched the whole series and it Me was too. great. No, and Bobby it. is just one of the best. I mean... You know, when you're watching this guy in every scene getting coked up and being out of his mind, you got to understand when they film these things, they don't do it one time. This isn't real life. They do it over and over. And right. I, I remember talking to him when he was on the set after I left there. And he goes, Dice, they're just killing me. It's just, you know, because you got to do the scenes over and over. And it's at your highest level of of angriness and anxiety and, you know, doing the coke and, yeah, you and know, it was, having that, you know, it's amazing. It felt real. Like, I, listen, you've seen it. I've seen it. Been, I've been in the middle of it all. Like when I was watching, I was like, man, they're really, it, it's an exploded version, but they're hitting all the right beats with it. I'm like, this is, this is really super close to the maniacal, crazy bat s crazy stuff that was happening. Hey, look, I was involved in that stuff. You know, not not the drug. I'm talking dealing with all sure. these record maniacs, you know. Um, oh, and the gangsters and the managers and the under table, the deals, like the cash. It was it was all real. Yeah, 100%, you know. You know, and even before me, I mean, if you think of like... Uh, you know, the 50s and the 60s with yeah. the Ola and all that stuff, you know. Yeah, you're going to play this record. That's how it's going to go, you know. <laughs> it's so and good. Then, but I don't like this song. And then they put the envelope. I go, how, how much do you like the song now? Yeah, a hundred times more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, it's one of the best things I've ever heard, you know. Yeah, about 20 times a day. You think you love it that much? Yeah, yeah. I give you another envelope that we get to 40 times a day? <laughs> you know. God, it's... Yeah, no. It's my, you know what? Now that I think about it, it's my absolute favorite song ever. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, you know, but yeah. that's what would go on. That's how they would break stars. You no, know? It, it's it's you weird know? to romanticize it, but it is it is so true. And I, I do have a weird love for all of that stuff. It's just uh, it was just. How can't you? That's yeah. that's to me. That's real show business. Yeah, that's the exciting part of show. Yeah, how do you think? You know, I talked about Fabian. You know, as becoming the mechanic, but they did the movie, The Idol Maker. You know, mm-hmm. that broke Fabian and um, Frankie Avalon, and. There is a scene like that, you know, where Ray Sharkey, you know, puts money in the record, you know, and oh. hands it to the DJ. Oh, 
And there's you know. so many different versions of that. Sam Giacana and Frank, uh, you know, you go back to, to uh, Johnny Russo and, and you talk uh-huh. about, you know, the, the Godfather getting made. And it, it, just all these guys and stories. Uh, and, you know, it, it, you, well, you go back to like A Star is Born, the original one with Barbara Streisand and, and mm-hmm. the maniac of all maniacs, this guy named Walter Yetnikoff, who worked for Sony Records. And, dude, he's like, you talk to him and, and it was all gangsters and who is stealing from who and Moishi and, and these. But you you want to know something about that? You know, Elvis was supposed to star in that with her. Really? I don't know if they showed this. I haven't seen the Elvis movie yet, but, you know, you know, I was very influenced by him as a performer. Like, I never really studied comics, you know, and mm-hmm. that's why when I made it, it was all those jackets with the giant collars and the, you know, it was complete showman. You know yeah. what I mean? So I got all that from Elvis, you know. So, I, yeah, I studied him since I was a kid, you know. I love and it. Um, it wasn't about comics. It was about being a concert performer as I started working the comedy. Because yeah. I realized, like, comedians, they're funny, but they have no performing style. And because I started out as a drummer and a singer... You know, when, you know, my mother used to go, so what are you going to do? I go, I'll just become the Elvis of comedy. It was just simple in my head. Yeah, You know what? It's crazy they couldn't see it because you're a thousand percent right. If you put a wall in front of most of the comedians of that time and still some today, you would feel the exact same way if you couldn't see them because it was all audio. And you're right. You produced the, the physical, the visual with it. And that's how you sell out two nights at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I mean, even in Can- I did over 300 arena shows, you know. I mean, that's over 12 million people, by the way. And that was before it got bad and went to 10,000 people a night, which was hysterical, you know. Like crazy. And um, so, so, you know, today, like when comics, like, you know, I'm good friends with like Bill Burr. So, you know, we had a nice talk because he's going into um, uh, Fenway Park in August. Jesus Christ, you know? man. But God bless Joe him. Rogan always talks about how, you know, if it wasn't for Dice, nobody would be doing these places. That's right. Nobody you believed know? you like, could. Nobody believed like, you could. Yeah, like I lit the fuse to do all that, and nobody says it better than him. I mean, anytime he gets a comic on, he talks about it. But even the night he did the garden, you know, he got to do the garden over the last year. He was texting me like one thirty in the morning, thanking me. Oh, you know what I mean? See, dude. I mean, it just feels good because yeah. you know, here's a guy, you know, that's at the top of his game now, just killing it, you know. And he won, you know. And I know the excitement of doing arena shows that I was on his mind that night. And the way he explained it, he goes, a lot of guys are doing the arenas. He goes, but when Dice did it, it was an explosion. Yes. You know, like it was, uh, yes. there's a producer that said to me, Gene Kirkwood, who did movies like Rocky and and The Idolmaker and, uh, you know, Pope of Greenwich Village, you know, guy from the Bronx, Gene Kirkwood, producer. And he goes, if they ever do a movie on you, he goes, the concert scenes have to be as exciting or more exciting than a heavyweight fight. For people to understand. He goes, that's what it was. Yeah. That's why the media got afraid. It was like, there's insanity in in 18,000-seat rooms for a guy telling Mother Goose jokes. Yeah, Why? Because it was bigger than that, much bigger. It what I wanted to give him was a comedic hero. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. And even the owner of the comedy store at the time, she didn't like when I started doing that stuff. She was like, "I don't know if it's going to work. I mean, it's too tough. It's not self-deprecating. It's everything a comic wasn't. You know what I mean? Right. And well, I said, "Let me just work on it. I know what I'm doing." And the rest became history. Well, and trust me when I say, once the career took off, she came to the Garden. She came to the L.A. Forum. She flew into the Brendan Byrne Arena. She was part of it, you know. Right. Uh, 
I was developing something that never had happened in pop culture history. No, I remember you know? it as clear as day. And, and, and honestly, Dice, you wear your legend incredibly well. And I felt like you always have. I mean, through my yeah. entire career, whenever the phone would ring and it was you, it was always a great conversation. It was always, it's always interesting. It's always, it's not, it's not nonstop comedy. It's interesting. You are. No, you got to keep it cool. You got to be real, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm in, I'm in Manhattan now. I'm from Brooklyn, you know? Uh, like people go, would you get sick of California? I go, no, I live in LA, but I love New York. This yeah. is where I'm from. Me too. And I love being here. I don't care if it's snowing out, raining out, you know, or hot, hot like it is today. I love it. Like, you could probably even hear the sirens. Yeah. It sounds like Beirut outside the window. It's my favorite city in all of the United States. It is, yeah. without a doubt. All my friends that live there, from Brooklyn up to the Bronx, into, into the city. And, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it There's is. There's nothing like it. There's not, and I love during the pandemic when everybody, oh, New York's never coming back. <laughs> yeah. It's not really. Yeah. It's almost like you want to knock the big guy down. Like, because right. New York is known as the greatest city in the world. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, oh, wait, I'll tell you something funny. I, I had a bit I was doing about that. It, and it's called the greatest city in the world. Because when I got married for the third time, the girl I married was from L.A., never came to New York. You know, so I figured, all right, the honeymoon, I'll take it to New York. So she gets all excited. I go, you're going to love it. It's the greatest city in the world, you know. And she's like, um, no, I, I hear it's great. But, you know, I love Los Angeles. And I go, no, I, I love L.A. too. This how it ones up on stage. I go, I love L.A. too. But, you know, New York is the greatest city in the world. And she goes, well, you know, I would have to argue that point because I really love L.A. I go, listen. I'm not saying it because I'm from New York. <laughs> it's known all across the world as the greatest city in the world. Right now in Japan, some Asian guy is going, toy, 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 greatest city in the world. <laughs> you know, it's got the, the, the jewelry district, the clothes. They do every big event in New York. You've got Broadway in New York. It's known as the greatest city, not because I'm saying it. Right, right. And what do you think she says? Well, I'm just saying that I oh. just love L.A. And I'm like, oh, God. And where, where was the second fight about that? Can you tell me? You want to guess? <laughs> I'm reliving it. On the plane coming to New York, it started again. Oh. And I'm like... You really got to keep your mouth shut or else when we land, you're never going to see the greatest city. You're just going to see the airport because we're going to turn around and come back. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? And don't you think that by the time she left after the kind of restaurants and everything she was seeing, I mean, she was flying from it, you know. She goes, you know, there might be something to what you said <laughs> But I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't even care if we ever go back there. I never want to see that place again oh. after what I went through with you. Yeah, that's you know? a, it was. It was almost like the marriage was over before it started. Yeah, and it really was. Yeah, you know, yeah. I would have to say that one was a mistake. <laughs> and um, the Bowery, the Village, the East Village, everything, you know, every crazy. all of it, man. Uh, the best music, the best rock and roll, the best punk rock, the best restaurants, the best yeah. theater, the best yeah. clothes, everything. You know, in L.A., you want a good restaurant. If you don't know one, you have to search. Like, where's it? I went into this place. I'm not going to say the name. I don't need another lawsuit. I've had enough of them. Um, so it was supposedly an Italian place, right? So I ordered chicken cutlet parmesan. This is Easy. 18 years ago because that's how long I haven't gone to this place. And um, so the girl serves me, and uh, I'm looking at it because I was shocked, you know. And I finally call her over. I go, um, I wanted like a hungry man's portion, you know, <laughs> chicken cutlet, you know. Yeah. And she goes, well, it, it's six ounces of chicken. Oh. I go, yeah, look at it. It's two bites. 
You know, she yeah, goes, they never been. What we get. I go, okay. And I put money on the table. I go, you eat it. It's a snack. It's not dinner. I'll never come back here again. Walk away. You know? Yeah, no, oh, it's... my God. But that's L.A. Yeah. New York, you, you walk. You know, I was walking around yesterday on, uh, I think it was Lexington Avenue. And um, just restaurant after restaurant after restaurant. Yeah. You know, and the city's cooking, you know, it did come back to life like everybody thought it wouldn't, you know, and yeah, I might uh, just go buy a bicycle today, actually. Yeah, dude, I'm you telling know, you, it's one of my friends is uh, his wife is an architect. He's a he's got a place in Hell's Kitchen and she did that. You know, the little island, the kids. little island they just did. It's over on Pier by Pier 41. That's uh, called the Little Island. They built it out, the little park out over the water on the Hudson. Okay. Yeah. She, my, I don't know it yet. Oh, it's beautiful. It just opened up like two years ago. She worked so hard on that. And she also worked on the High Line down in the Chelsea district over there by the Garment District and, and uh, meatpacking. And it is, dude, I'm telling you, I, I could not love that city more. Uh, it's, it, it, there's nothing like it, you know. And I love how, like, my, my sons would say, like, when I came back here, they go, it's amazing how you just got right back into being a new... Not that I ever stopped coming here, because I perform a lot, so I would always just stay in a hotel, but I figured get a place already, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that I don't have to take my bags every time I leave. And even now, I'm just looking out the window at all the action. I love it. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I, I can't wait for you to get to Kansas City, man. And, uh, and, and uh, listen, I'm excited to come there. Like uh, I, I love it there, and the crowds were great. I did that club the first week they were open. I think. Yep, you sure did. You know, well, and you, um, you are well enjoying the club dice tour even more than the theaters, because you know, with a theater, you do X amount of time, you get off. You do a club. Normally, they want two shows, but I don't do two shows anymore. And the ticket's a little higher because I don't need people coming in for $30 and deciding, well, now that I'm drunk, I'm going to ruin the show. Right. You know what I mean? Because I do one show, it's as long as I want it to be, depending on the audience. And people walk out of there going, you know, when I meet some people, like the last time, a guy's going, you haven't missed a step, you're better than you've ever been. That kind of stuff. Well, and, and they're yeah. going to get to see something special, man. We're talking about, you know, when you say the word Andrew Dice Clay, there's nobody in the world that doesn't know the name. And then you go, you're going to be, you're going to see everything from your seat. You're going to be so close and feel what what it was like to be around in the beginning, even before 89, before the first record. Like and, what and it was like what? to, to when, feel. When I took off, when I took off, it's 35 years ago. Okay? So... I've had 35 years to master my craft since then. You know, I took off after 10 years. You know, that's when, when you heard that album and people were going nuts then. But now, the way I work it, it I've never been more comfortable on stage. That's great. You know, or in front of a film or whatever the things are that filming with me now, documentaries. It, it's amazing with that, you know. Like you're going, really? It's um, a doc. When is the document? When is this documentary that you're shooting now? When's it going to be done? You think? You when do you what? think it'll go out? I just wrapped it on Sunday, and because um, we had a cover Sunday, we covered the entire acting career, all of it. You'd be surprised what's in that, you know. You know about things like, you know, Pretty in Pink, where that whole cigarette around the head was was oh, yeah. you know, done. You know, I mean, just how things happened in my career that I that I played dice in two separate movies that I got producers to agree to let me call myself by my stage name, which started giving me an audience in the real world. It was like nobody ever tried to pull that, you know, right. You know, and, you know, I did Making the Grade with Judd Nelson, where they called me the Dice Man. And then when I got pretty, uh, yeah, pretty in pink, the Molly Ringwald, you know, John Cryer, you know, James Spade, and I'm saying to John Hughes, the producer, you you really want to use the name that you wrote? I go, I got a better name, 
And he goes, well, what do you want us to call you? I go, well, you can just call me Dice or the Dice Man. Second movie. So that good. They did that. Only, only happened in history once. Because what I thought, if I keep doing movies as Dice, I'll wind up with a sitcom called Dice. Sure. Makes perfect and sense. By, by the time I could have had a sitcom when the career went through the roof about five years later, I didn't want a sitcom anymore. I figured just do the concerts and then go into the movie career. You know, I didn't need all of it, you know. Hey, I, uh, I got to tell you, because I, I, I want to make sure I say this out loud. I know that you don't need to come into radio, but you I just want to make sure you always know that door is open when you're in Kansas City or on the phone. But but, man, you're, I just won't, don't want you to think that I never invited you. I don't expect you to, to come and hang on the show, but it, you're welcome to. If for any reason you decided, I sure would like to get up way too early and hang out with a bunch of dickheads. You know what? You're a good guy, and I'm gonna, I'm going to remember that. Well, I just number one, normally when I come to town, it's day of show, and it just begins. Yeah, you know what I mean. And during the day, you know, it's not like I am 30 years. I mean, I from here I'm going to go. I'll do three hours of exercise. You know, I love being in a gym. You know, yeah. and um, it's just a hobby of mine. Not that I'm ripped up or anything. I just enjoy working out. It's the way to get rid of any stress I have. It's just something I feel yeah, everybody feel good. should do. Yeah, it makes me feel good about me. So, um, But, yeah, so days of shows, I like to get up at a certain time, go to the gym, get my workout, and be prepared because normally these, I don't know what time the shows are. They're like 7.30, 8 o'clock, right. whatever they are. I want to be my best. Now, when I was 20, I, I could just stay up all night and do three radio shows. Sure. You, you know, now, you know, I'm taking medication. You know, <laughs> everything's med. You know, I'll get a call from my girl and go, like, did you take your meds there? I go, what am I, 125 years old? That hits right yeah. home. My girl did it to me the other day with my blood pressure medicine. I was like, God damn it. Ah, the blood pressure medicine. <laughs> I really just cursed. It's so brutal, man. You know, hey, hey, I, I went through a heart attack when I was sick. I know. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you didn't see me back up. No. You know? No, because you were 17, I, you had a, a stent, and then 21, you, had, uh, uh, you, you got hit with a goddamn palsy for a minute. Oh no! You're talking about palsy face. <laughs> then 21. We got to bring that up. Sorry. No, not at 21. You know, you had it when you were 21. No, 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 no. I, I thought that was 2021 when that happened to you. No, no. This was. Uh, I just celebrated my one year anniversary of palsy face. <laughs> you know, which thank God my face looks normal again. I still got. I get like stiffness in my cheek that oh, I get uh, acupuncture for. But when I first got the palsy, my eye, I look like a basset hound. Oh, you know, my dude. bottom lid was hanging down. My, my lip was hanging down to my chin. But I did two shows that night. I don't back up. It's like, Good you know you. what? Good for I'm going to make fun of it. I'm going to put it on Instagram. I'm not going to hide with this. You know, it's not like I did some kind of drug that gave right. me palsy face. And, you know, at that time, people loved going, is it because of the vaccine? No, oh, Jesus. You That's know, what, yeah. Wanted. Yeah, that was, that was the big. And I go, no, it's because I live a stressed out, screwed up life. Yep. That that's what causes that. Dude, know? that what happened to me? I got pancreatitis last year, about a year ago, as a matter of fact, and it laid me in the hospital for the first time in my life, like nine days. And wow. and all I got there when I get back is all these maniacs are like, it's because you got the vaccine. I'm like, you're at you you're mentally handicapped. You ate lead as a child. What is wrong with you? Oh, you know it's so funny. I, I it, the plane I took to New York. I like to fly like jet blue, like mint, yeah. which is like to me the best. You know first class there is out there right now. So I take a picture of me just sitting in the chair, which you can see is like a luxury, luxury chair on the plane, but I'm wearing the mask that they want you to wear on, you know. Yeah. But, but it's funny. Like, I got a guy, just like the underwear, I get custom mask made. Nice. So they're like gigantic, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, it's just funny. It looks like Lex uh, uh, Hannibal Lecter. You know, <laughs> nobody's yeah. commenting about the chair, the plant. It's all about of course, the mask. of course. It's just funny to me. It's like really, you're on that. Yeah, it's I, I, I got to admit, it's a nice white and blue pinstripe. You know, you can't even get this mask. You know, <laughs> it's you just know. magic. Imagine. Yeah, I mean, the, the the coffee cup I'm drinking out of is white and blue. Oh. I mean, who gets that? With the mask? What are you kidding me? You mm. can't go into a place and go, give me the dice set up with coffee and a mask. <laughs> you know, you got to have a guy. You got to know somebody that can lay this out for you. Dude, you 28th, know? 29th, and the 30th at Can- the Comedy Club of Kansas City. The Comedy Club of Kansas City. And it's, it's comedyclubkc.com. Andrew Dice Clay, this is your chance. One show a night. There's three shows. And uh, Dice, I'm telling you, man, I love you, and I can't wait to well, see you, and I'll be at the show. This so much fun. You're... Hopefully we get to see each other. And uh, and thanks for taking the time. Let me tell you. You're a great man, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud to know you. You are you are a legend. Thank you very much. And so are you, my friend. Take so care. just keep up the good work. Keep kicking, you know, butt, whatever. <laughs> You're the best. Uh, oh, I yeah, I know. You. I'm not going to say bad, you know. I know. I'm not no. going to end it with, a, you know, a word. <laughs> you know. I love you. you. Know, Hold uh, on. <laughs> Gash Guzzler. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a nice one. <laughs> you know. Pink Velvet Sausage Wallet. That's a nice one. When you go home, maybe you'll want a piece of marbleized meat steak. Who knows? <laughs> You he is the great. He is the great Andrew Dice. Thank you. I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you very much. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. You have been listening to Off Air with Johnny Dare. Off Air with Johnny Dare.